You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Radio presents Hello Guardians and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host Cornholio and tonight we have a very special guest on the show. We have a very talented Destiny community artist, Brian Monkis, on the show. We're going to talk about so many awesome things. We're going to talk about not so awesome things like the Destiny 2 Beyond Light delays. We're going to talk about the art of Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're going to put Brian on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians and so much more. And we're going to get get the show on the road right now. And first up, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I mean, everything was good in, until we heard about the delay today. But, you know, delays are sometimes a good thing. You know, it's like a blessing in disguise. This is the year of delays, unfortunately. You know, the world has been delayed. Like, everybody, you know, has been affected by this COVID-19 thing. You know, it's unfortunately... We're living through it. We're trying to get through it as best we can. You know, I know I meant I, this is the first thing I talked about last week too, but it's like it's back. Like I feel like I feel like it, it, it waned here for a little bit, but now it's you know happening everywhere else, and just kind of sucks. But again, we're gonna all get through it together. You know, we're all strong guardians, so let's just let, we'll we'll do yeah. it all together. It it's interesting to to hear about the delays with the game. Um, for me personally, I don't mind, but we're we're gonna talk about it in a lot more length on the show tonight. Uh, but before we do, I want to welcome a very special guest on the show. 
Brian Monkis. He is an amazingly talented Destiny community artist. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, for, uh, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited to have you on. And we're going to talk about so many things on the show tonight. We're going to put you on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. So I hope you're ready. Mm-hmm. Sure am. All right. Well, if you're ready, then we are ready. And the first question we have for you is, how did you get started with playing Destiny? Um, so I went to Walmart and I picked up, um, uh, an Xbox one and destiny one night, <laughs> basically. Wait, um, so you picked them up both the same night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Literally <laughs> the, uh, first game, uh, I had bought in quite a while. I, honestly. Yeah. So the last game I had bought was, um, Skyrim back in 2011. So it'd been it'd been quite a while since I'd actually purchased a game or played really anything. Corn knows a lot about that game too, don't you, Corn? <laughs> Good old Skyrim. I put, I put so much time into Skyrim on multiple platforms because they would re-release that game. I feel like Skyrim was the game that was re-released the most of any video game I've ever played. Yeah. So good. That in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's funny because I want I I like Skyrim, but every time I play it, I get lost. I like get stuck somewhere in the world, and then I have to like start over because where I saved it, I can't get out of. <laughs> like, it's just it's weird because I I'm usually a good gamer. And, you know, I'm good at you know games that have puzzles and <laughs> co combat and things like that. It just, for whatever reason, that game just, I don't know if it's because of the jank, because there's a lot of jank in that game. You know, it's from like 2011, so that engine is, you know, pretty brutal. <laughs> it's it's definitely massive, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a, it's a huge open world. So, I mean, it's, it's expected, especially games from, you know, like almost 10 years ago. So, yeah. I will tell you one thing. I am completely blown away after having played Skyrim on PC with some of the enhanced patches that are out for it. It looks so, so incredible. And it does not look like a game from 2011 playing it on PC. It, 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 it flies. And welcome to the Skyrim podcast. And <laughs> welcome to the Skyrim podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Nice segue. So the next question we have for you, Brian, is how did you become an artist? How, how did that whole pursuit came about? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a time where I actually said I became an artist. Uh, it's just something I've always done. Uh, I've always enjoyed drawing uh, since I was a kid. My parents and my grandparents always um very supportive so with that and with friends and everything um it was just something i kept at and then of course uh during my years growing up through the 90s mostly uh mortal kombat street fighter was a big thing so um i would actually spend a lot of time uh copying uh the illustrations and everything from like game pro magazines and like egm magazines and 
um, Nintendo Power, things like that. And uh, basically fueling my fire for enjoying video games, but at the same time giving me an outlet to actually be creative. And I think that just kind of progressed naturally. And uh, just drawing so much from a young age, just, you know, it's just something I kept at. And I think, I think that's the key with this mostly is that you, you know, the more you keep at it, especially from a younger age, you're, you're going to be, you're going to have some kind of skill in it because it's just something I never stopped doing. And um, I guess you can now look at it and say, Oh, he's an artist, but it just never really occurred to me. It's just something I've always done and enjoyed. So, uh, and I've, I've never done it professionally. So it's not like I could sit there and say, oh, this is my job. You know, I'm an artist. So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing to say, you know, when did you become an artist? But um, I don't really have an answer for it. <laughs> well, when you have a passion for something, you know, it just, yeah, it really shows, you know, the more time you put into it, it the better you get, you know, practice makes perfect. You know, so it's like, it's funny that you, I collected a lot of those magazines growing up too, the Game Pros, the EGMs, yeah. the Nintendo Powers. So yeah, there were some great illustrations on those. And I remember the Super Metroid one from Nintendo Power. Mm. Mm -hmm. did, did you ever see that one? Yeah. That issue? Oh, yeah. Did I, I had a whole collection for a long time, like just all of them that I that accumulated from when I was a kid. Yeah. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Metroid is like one of my favorite franchises. I love it because of its sci-fi and it, you know, dark kind of mm -hmm. like alien-like vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and that that's what's that's what I like about it because it's actually a Nintendo IP and it's actually dark. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> not like everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. sunshine and rainbows yeah. and hitting question blocks and. Picking up coins and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing banana peels at people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's no, really yeah. cool, though. I also collected magazines growing up as a kid. I remember Game Pro, Nintendo Power, mm -hmm. EGM. Like, those were magazines that I subscribed to every month. And then I got PC Gamer because it had discs. So um, those were some really awesome memories and some great times. And... That's one thing that I personally kind of miss about um, everything kind of going digital now because you kind of lose that sense of having that physical ownership of something, whether it be a magazine or a video game. It's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's really a different time. Um, kids, I say kids, you know, like younger, younger people or the kids that are growing up now, like my kids and everything, they don't know what it's like to have to go and get cheat codes from a magazine or um, having to uh, like go and purchase a game pro magazine that had Mortal Kombat fatalities in it that you didn't, you couldn't get it anywhere else. You couldn't go right. online, you know, yeah. uh, there was no resources for that kind of stuff. And having a magazine back then was like having a book, like it was something you held on to. It's not something that you just kind of tossed to the side. Um, yeah. And you know what? I still, to this day, I collect art books and I collect like gaming guides and stuff like that because I think these are all really cool things that are part of gaming history. And eventually, they're not going to be around and it's going to be a really cool thing to have as a part of what we were doing in the game, right? Like I have game guides from Destiny. I just bought some from Pokemon. 
and you know I, I try to collect these things and the art books especially are so so freaking awesome and i'm sure brian you've probably checked out the art of destiny yeah actually i've got um the first one was one that was given to me by bungie when i won the um a contest in 2000 for rise of iron like a uh game pro or not game pro um game informer uh cover contest thing they had oh yeah uh, yeah so i got i got one of the winning entries for that so i they gifted me um the d1 art book and then the d2 art book i think i bought it not i can't remember exactly or i got it for christmas i can't remember um but yeah i mean i have i have a slew of art books anything from uh diablo warcraft i mean comic stuff um i even have the sea of thieves art book but um, <laughs> just just any anytime i find a, like art that i enjoy I, I pick up an art book i just to have it like you say you know Same. something to collect very good water in that game sea of thieves yes. like, oh my god I, how did they get the water looking so good like i mm. i haven't seen a game where the water looks as good as that it's like 90% of what they probably spent all their time on <laughs> trying to yeah. get the water engine correct. <laughs> exactly. I just want to play that game again just to see the water. I think water in a game like that, that kind of like is the measure of a good game for me as far as like the art goes and things like that. Um, like I just recently saw some screenshots and things, well, actually live gameplay of what was it? Mario uh, and the Origami King? There's actually really good water mm -hmm. in that game. Really? <laughs> like, I didn't see yeah. the water. Um, really impressive looking, actually. Hmm. Yeah, so if you ever get a chance to see the gameplay of that, you'll see the water in action. It's it's really nice what they were able to do on a, a mobile processor. <laughs> yeah, <it's not. laughs> yeah. That game looks really fun. My son was showing Very me. Very colorful. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I had one more question. Like, let me, I want to yeah. dial it back to the Game Pro for a second. Do you remember the rating system on Game Pro? It had the guy's head and it like would get, like the guy would get more excited if it was like a five. Yes. It, yes. Like, now that you mentioned that, it came straight back to me because it, like I, when you first said rating and I was like rating, rating. And when you said the head, I was like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it looked like his head was on fire yeah. or something. Yeah. Right? It was on five Did you ever like draw that? ever did you like no. see that and they're like no, no. I, I mean i i still remember it in my mind but no yeah. I, I never never drew that um I, I i can literally go back um if i because you can find a lot of these magazines on like ebay um i've actually oh, yeah. searched for them uh the key ones that i remember having that i don't have anymore and i can go back and i can i don't have to i don't know the issues but I, when i see the cover i know exactly what's in them because I drew things out of that book so many times that I can remember exactly what I went to in each book or the cover itself, you know, it's, it's that, that's how much I actually use those things. I mean, my Mortal Kombat, just all my Mortal Kombat stuff was just beat to crap. I even still have a Mortal Kombat 2 uh, strategy guide well, with all the finishers and everything, and it's oh, literally nice. falling to pieces. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wish I would have held on to some of those magazines because I had a bunch of them myself. And yeah, they're they're timeless now, you know, so it's like just having like, a piece of history. It, it is a piece of history. That's exactly, yeah. you know, because we're, in, you know, we're full blown in gaming now. But like those are the early days, you know, those were the days where you're almost like like 
it was right after Nintendo, but more pioneering into the whole like you know fighting games and things like that. It just just yeah, like Street Fighter and yeah, Mortal Kombat. And I remember like I just talked I was talking to Corin last week. I spent seventy dollars on Mortal Kombat two for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And Street Fighter two uh turbo hyper fighting was also seventy dollars. <laughs> so that that was a lot of money back then. Yeah, it was. It really yeah. was. Dude, so the cartridge the cartridges for like yeah. like they were insane after after Nintendo things got really pricey <laughs> yeah yeah they did that was the thing the cartridges you know yeah. it's like and then when the cds came out that's when the price of games went down because mm-hmm. the, it caught it was the cost of less to produce a cd than yeah. it did a cartridge yeah so but also not many developers were able to get access to those cartridges from nintendo so like everybody oh, yeah. was battling to get access to releasing their games on the platforms it was really bad yeah, Nintendo was very stingy with the chips, unfortunately. They uh they only allocated a certain amount to certain developers and things like that and that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that's some that's some inside story type stuff right there. Yeah. Well, we have a couple of questions here from our community from our live chat. Soldiers of the Cross. Sorry if I mispronounce your name <laughs> if you could meet any artist that you admire who would it be um it, he knows the answer to this because he knows he knows me that we're actually really good friends uh but I, I mean i have a bunch of them but there's uh there's some timeless ones that i was introduced to when i was younger that have always stuck with me and one of the probably the most favorite artists that I have um, due to his history and what he did for science fiction, but also uh, due to the style that he carries um, is uh, Frank Frazetta. He's like one of my one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, of course, he's no longer he's no longer living, but um, the the work that he did is just so powerful and he actually studied anatomy on a level of more of a renaissance type um uh style like he 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 grasps anatomy and pose and composure of people and figures like you would see in some older master works but he brings a more modern uh action feel to it whereas a lot of these a lot of artists these days they don't really they're good artists, but they don't carry, it doesn't carry that same feel, at least not to me. And his really sticks out. So. Very cool. That's awesome. And we have another question from our live audience. And the next question we have is, Mrs. Monkus is a Titan main, but what's Brian? I bet he is a super space magic boy. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw that major danger. Um, thank you. No, I told, yeah, I, I told him um, in chat. I said I'm, I'm a Titan main. Um, yeah, so like I I love Titans. Um, the aesthetic of Titans reminds me of a lot of Halo, and I was a Halo fan uh, before. I mean, for shooters and everything, um, outside of playing like old school stuff, um, uh, 
Halo was the first one that I really latched onto. And this was back before Same. Xbox Live. Uh, yeah. We were we were playing LAN parties and oh yeah, uh, things like that in college. And and we were, I mean, it was nothing to spend all night long playing game after game after game. Um, and, Slayer, yeah, dude, <laughs> kill tech. Yeah, I, I um, I love I loved Halo and I love Bungie because of it. Uh, it was just, yeah, it, it uh, that so like Master Chief titans resonate well with him to me and uh i just you know i like the other classes like i enjoy them i'm actually enjoying playing hunter mostly these past two seasons just because of the uh the neutral game that they have and the mobility but the mobility my, yeah I love it. yeah yeah my favorites mm-hmm. will always be titans to mm-hmm. just uh, love them which halo did you so you got started at the the first halo game combat evolved yeah yeah the very first one um didn't because when i got it, i got it for christmas uh i had already bought my xbox um this was back when you could trade in things to gamestop and actually get something for oh, it yeah. um yeah. so like i traded in everything i had dude like and i still had to pay money but like i traded in my my um playstation my super nes my sega all the games just everything that i had saved up i, I traded it all in and um bought the xbox and uh later that christmas i believe my mom got me halo never never really heard of it or anything i was just like okay so i played through it you know it was fun didn't really tap into the full experience of it until we started doing land parties and then after that it was all over it was just this is it it was just so fun you know it was just so revolutionary at the time you know there was nothing like that on console you know it was just they brought the arcade like you know shooter experience right to your living room you know it was it was like kind of like reminiscent of the days of playing like goldeneye in the 64 or something when you know you get the four controller ports and you're all sitting there playing split screen and (laughs) trying not to screen watch or you know we did it in halo too really stop screen watching (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i i remember those days like i mean me and corn we played a lot of Halo Reach um, yeah. when it came out. But I also played a ton of Halo 3. Like, mm. the multiplayer for Halo 3, I must have played that for a, almost a year, I would say. A good year hey, fun straight. Fun fact about Halo 3, Halo 3 just got re-released. I know. Uh, really? In the Master Chief Collection. Yeah. On PC, yeah. I'm, mastered for the PC. And it's never been on PC before. Like, legitly never been on PC before. So, like, I'm excited to kind of get in there and try it again, you know, because that was that was my favorite one before Reach. And I don't know if Reach is my favorite or three is my favorite. What's your favorite, actually, Brian? Um, I like them all, but something changed. Like we were we played uh, I say D1. We played Halo um, Combat Evolved, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, uh, pre-ordered Halo 2, um, from when I was in college, we, we were all, it was a midnight release down there and, uh, oh, there yeah. was a line out the door of the whole mall waiting to pick up Halo 2. And, uh, okay. so I got it, took it back to the dorm room. One of my friends ripped it to his Xbox, <laughs> like just, <laughs> and so, nice. 
Yeah, it was like, all right, do this, and then we're gonna power up and go. And there was party. There were we we're on a land network, so there was like, um, there was games popping up all over the dorm. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it was a crazy night. Just so much fun. We played all night long, but um, same. We played all night long. When I got that game, I yeah. watched. Played it Dang. all through the night. Didn't go to bed it's, till like eight in the morning. I think it was. And 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 that's the thing. Like that's what's exciting, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that you remember. So like. For me, like I enjoyed the other games afterwards, but they came at a point in my life that I wasn't at that. I, w- I was past being able to enjoy it like that, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit more grown up, I guess you could say. Not not in a, not not that the other way was childish, but I mean, I had more responsibilities. Like I didn't um, I didn't have the time to put into them that I that I did back then. So after two. Um, I did play three and ODST and I played reach. Um, but I, I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't enjoy them the same way. I just didn't, and my friends that I played with, they weren't there really. Uh, mm-hmm. so it, it didn't have the same effect to me as the other ones did. So the others, I would have to say that two is probably my favorite just because it, it, it was a special place in time and it holds a special place in my heart for like the experience that I had. So, yeah. I love the campaign in two, too. Yeah, actually. yeah, I did too. I really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I haven't played two. My first Halo game was Halo Reach, and I loved it. It was it was amazing. But I do have to go back and play Halo two because um, it would be would be really fun to play through that. And yeah, it's available on PC remastered. <laughs> so I mean, why not? And the multiplayer is really fun in Halo three too. I remember how much of that multiplayer I played with my friends uh stalin actually i played a lot with stalin uh corn that game pretty that cool. was yeah that's where we became the dictator tots we were like <laughs> i was lennon meringue pie we had my friend stalin shortcake then we had castro cupcake and then there was pole pot brownie and mussolini muffin <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> good times so, mm-hmm. Brian, next question we have for you. What was your favorite expansion in Destiny from an artistic standpoint? That's <laughs> super easy. It's so easy. The Kingsfall. I mean, I will not, until I see Savathun maybe, or something with the darkness that tops that, uh, to me, being Oryx and everything was how, like, that's how I felt Destiny should have felt the whole time like it felt so much more um for both like real you know like i felt like real danger um when this when i saw the cutscenes with this guy you know i'm like this is this is you know this is so much more exciting to me <laughs> um so yeah the king's fall everything that happened with the expansion um the taken king um was was just was just awesome like the the armor designs the um the uh settings the dreadnought you know was just it was it it had so many little secrets and little things to discover to me that's what i wanted destiny to be i wanted to be more mmo like and i really enjoyed that side of it uh at least when they when they really came out with that that's when it changed to me from the way it wasn't the original d1 yeah, I think, I think King's Fall had a really, really gritty feel to it. And, and it really painted the picture of the feeling that developers wanted you to feel as you 
explored the dreadnought and explored the king's fall raid yeah like that big open area i talked about it last time too where all the hive tomb ships are like flying around like that is beautiful like the the art design there is incredible like seeing the open space and you're jumping in between the ships you know (laughs) speaking of jumping in between the ships brian how's your uh how's your jumping skills <laughs> Pretty good, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to talk about mine, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, that the platforming and everything, I'm fairly decent at that. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of issues with it when we try to do like uh, all the little, um, especially. I think the the craziest one was the uh, uh, some of the moves between, like the outbreak uh, perfected mission and the whisper mission. Those were really. Oh yeah, there were some me. real hairy jumps there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, For yeah. sure. It's nice having that Titan glide, you know, when you, yeah, it helps. you need to get across large gaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it definitely showed me that I can do jumping puzzles because I mean during King's Fall, I mean, you know, once we got to the tomb ships, it was pretty much snack time for me. I'm I mean, I'm gonna go make some coffee till somebody pulls us forward till we get to the encounter. I do not dare to do the jumps because I will sit there for 45 minutes trying to get the jump done. <laughs> I remember every time we got to that tomb ship room, that major danger just talked about corn. We're like, corn, what are you doing? Like you, you jumping? He's like, Nope, I'm staying right here. <laughs> Pull me well, through. Well, you know, I give it a try a few times. I try it a few times and I realize, like, damn, I'm really not getting even close. Just no, just it's going to take way too long and I don't want to make the group suffer like this. We're just, you know, we're going to move, move on. But it's okay. Some friends it's okay. like that. We're, we're getting better. <laughs> I do have my outbreak, by the way, and it is masterworked or whatever the catalyst for it. So there. So I did accomplish the ultimate challenge when it comes to jumping. <laughs> so there. I'm at like 93%. I got to run in there one more time and you know, get it all oh, the man. way done. Yeah. We should do it maybe after the podcast. Hmm. I'm done. be a fun little, little uh, exercise. So the next question we have is from Mr. Major Danger. Okay, guys, I have a budding digital artist in the family, and she wants to know what Mr. Monkis uses for his digital art platform and what are his preferred programs easy one for me to answer um just because i'm not like super versed in every art program or anything but uh i've dabbled in um photoshop not nearly as much anymore but back when i was in college especially in illustrator and clip studio paint but procreate has been my saving grace for digital because um it just is just my take on it but um if you're an artist that comes from a traditional background meaning like you grew up doing traditional work and you're jumping into digital and you're kind of unsure about things uh procreate's very user-friendly and it mimics to me it mimics more of the artist side of you than it does the technical side um you're just you have a little in my opinion you have a little bit more free reign in there than you do in like say photoshop um 
some people would probably say different depending on their experiences because they're used to Photoshop. But me, I'm not as used to it. And when I pick up both, I can immediately do things with this one that I cannot do with Photoshop. So it may just be a personal thing, though. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And on the topic of art, in 2018, you created a really awesome piece of art for the Destiny launch with Forsaken. And it was featured by PlayStation, and I believe they released it as their wallpaper. So how did that come about? That That's pretty incredible. Yeah, so that was... Uh, I like That story is interesting because um, I feel like, and I, you know, this is all speculation, but um, I feel like behind the scenes it was more about like having someone know who I was and what I did at the time that that opportunity became available because um, the guy that hired me to do it, it was Sony that hired me, but there was a specific uh, person that hired me to do it from there. He was, um, he reached out to me because in his words, at least I believe at the time, um, he was saying that Bungie had um, someone or some, some, a group of people or whoever at Bungie had recommended some artists and I was one of them. Um, and this had come after being down at Guardian Con 2018, where I actually did meet um, some people from Bungie and gave them my information. And they saw my work, of course. And I think DMG already knew my stuff. So he was there, too. And I'm not saying that it was him. Um, but I have a feeling that the whole uh, opportunity came about, or at least my name came up through Bungie because of that one event. And um, when they came to me for the idea of doing it and what they wanted, the time frame was very, very slim. Um, and of course, like I just jumped at the opportunity and worked my butt off to get it done. But because of the time frame, everything had to be done, but it also had to be approved and pushed through at certain stages uh, before a certain date because we had Forsaken like coming up on launch. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was stressful because I was scared it wasn't going to happen. Um, and uh, but it was also exciting because I was I was super excited to be able to do um, something for Destiny. But um, also it was, you know, for Sony, it was really cool opportunity. I was super stoked. That's awesome. What what was the piece of art, if you don't mind me asking? So uh, they wanted to do, um, it, and I think this more plays out with like uh, how PlayStation had a good relationship with Destiny in the beginning. You know, everything had PlayStation exclusive, exclusives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that relationship, I think that's the reason why Sony had this and why you didn't see like Xbox having anything like it or anything like that. But um they wanted to coincide a uh, community, what they call a community art theme. It was going to be a free theme created by a community artist uh, to give back to everyone for free, you know, so that that was going to coincide with the launch of uh, Forsaken. So they wanted me to do, they didn't really have a set amount of rules, but they wanted to do something with um, Cade, the Barons, Aldrin, and this was before I knew how everything was exactly going to go down. Um, mm. I knew some stuff. 
only had reference material from some of the leaks and not say leaks, but some of the stuff that Bungie put out there. Um, so I didn't have a whole lot of story to go on other than I knew the Barons were involved. I knew how at least their hierarchy, you know, and the fanatic and all, but I didn't know all the details about each Baron. I didn't know um, the thing with Cade and uh, Aldrin. I didn't know. It, it, there was just so much up in the air. And then when, you know, course forsaken launch all you look at my artwork on the destiny theme case i mean uh, aldrin's holding his shotgun because that was in the uh that was in the concept art of him that wasn't hmm. even in the game but i didn't know that because i didn't know what the game was going to have in it so i didn't even know he was going to have ace of spades i didn't know he was going to you know this was before the game launched so it was oh, um, was this before e3 too i was just one um year? i'm not really sure of the timeline for that but mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really know how that was going to play out. So I really just had to do something um, general with them facing off against one another and incorporating the Barons. And of course it had to be a piece that functioned as a theme. So you had to have your, your main like screen and then your, uh, I forget what they call that screen, but the one that has all the, like the little icons and everything when you go up. Um, oh, okay. I don't know what they call it the function screen, I think. Or oh something. yeah. 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 Um, so I had to have it like that and it had to kind of work with each other. So I, I just did a full piece and basically cut it in half, um, uh, to make the two images and also had to actually go in and <laughs> they sent me every single PlayStation icon that you have on your desk, on your PlayStation UI. And I had to go in and tweak every single icon because if you look at every icon, they're a little grainy and I had to do each one, <laughs> but not just not just one icon of each one. I had to do different versions because there's different size versions of those icons in different places. So it was, it was really technical towards the end. This is more, more into it than people realize. I wonder if I have that theme on there. Um, I'll have to now, search. Brian, about, about that, did you ever feel like during any point during that project, like it wasn't going to happen? Uh, Closer, closer to the end, um, and it wasn't because I didn't think it was going to happen. I was, uh, I was doing my part, but because when you're dealing with, with bigger companies like this, um, things don't always move super quick. Uh, you know, you, you got a lot, you got things that have to be approved. Um, it, there was one point where um, the guy that I was doing it with, he's, he was, he was fine with the idea and Bungie was fine with the idea, but he was, he was going to go okay it by Activision. Cause you know, Activision had a part in this too, as well back then. Yeah. Has to um, all the channels. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that them pointing guns at each other wasn't going to be some kind of, I don't know what you want to call it. Some kind of, uh, controversy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it is a shooter game, but you know, typically we're shooting aliens and stuff like that, you know, Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you know, I guess they didn't have a problem with it because if you, I mean, in the game itself, you know, there's, there's that same thing, except when you're dealing with a game, you're not dealing with a free theme that anybody can download. You're dealing with a game that has a maturity rating that people have to abide by. You know what I'm saying? So it's, mm-hmm. there was all these little things that I was worried about that, oh, well, they might not like this, this or not that they won't like it, but it might not get pushed through due to this, you know? Um, so it was, it was kind of scary. And I, I kind of, I kept in contact with him while he was working on all of this stuff. And, uh, 
I, I got the go ahead that it was actually going live way before. So I knew it was going through. I just didn't know when they were going to actually like announce it. Is the theme still available on PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah, it should be. Um, you have to look up. Uh, I want to say that the keywords are destiny forsaken community art theme. Oh, okay. Um, and it should come up and it's a free download. I will definitely check that out then. Yeah. Cause I love art especially in destiny yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's really cool it's like a um for me it was I'll, i mean i'll never take it off there just for me it was like a um it's kind of like a small little dream come true to have something centered yeah. around the game that i like but also on the playstation store it's just really it's a, it's a badge too yeah 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 that's awesome that's such a great story and on that note what advice would you give to up-and-coming artists in the Destiny community who want to create art in Destiny? Um, well, I mean, if they want to create Destiny-related art because they love it and because the game inspires them, I'd say go for it. Um, the Destiny community is really unique um, in terms of uh, how how big but also how tight-knit they are when it comes to um socials and how people interact on social media or across like different um platforms such as twitch or uh youtube or um any any of the social areas you go to there's there's a destiny following of some kind and if you're an artist um that enjoys creating artwork around any kind of fan art but especially destiny um you're gonna you're gonna have uh, some interesting exposure there because it, I mean, it, I'm not saying if you just do a drawing, it's gonna be go viral and go crazy. But like, there are people, there are a lot of people that enjoy uh, Destiny, and there's a lot of people that enjoy Destiny fan art. And um, if you're active on the socials, at least putting your work out there, you know, eventually someone's gonna notice your work, and you know, you're you're gonna actually get some exposure from it, um, which is from an artist standpoint, it's kind of hard to do without, uh, like you, there's a ton of good artists, but like, if you don't have a niche or some place to express your art that people are going to notice and appreciate it, uh, it's going to be hard to get that audience for it, even if you're really good. Um, so destiny has been a really good catalyst for me as far as getting my art out there. Which is I enjoy doing it. I don't want to just do it for the exposure, uh, but I'm a you know I love Destiny, so it inspires me to do this kind of stuff. But um, just you know, coincidentally, it's just been one. It's just been a good avenue uh, for me, at least. And there's other artists too. So like, I mean, there's other artists that do the same thing. They enjoy Destiny. They do fan art, and they get quite a following from it. And um, so yeah, I mean, any any artist that's you know, in, into doing it, I would say do it if you love it. I mean, because there's nothing, uh, nothing negative is going to come of it, and you're going to probably see a lot of growth. You know? Yeah, and we just had an artist on recently, uh, Grace, I believe. Um, she's a artist in the Destiny community as well, and it's nice to have that kind of platform. You know, that Bungie created like all these amazing things. You know, mm -hmm. and the community just took it and ran with it. 
You know, it's yeah. like we, we have such inspiration to draw from. So it's very, very cool, you know, that we can just take all this art that they've, all this, you know, game that they've built and just put it out there, you know, for everybody else to enjoy. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Another, it's like a symbiotic relationship, almost like. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just to feed off what you're saying there, because it's something that doesn't happen very often these days or hasn't happened to the scale yet that I want it to. Um, but Budgie's doing something interesting right now um, that I feel like more uh, more companies should be doing uh, that have that have a game that they're trying to build a fan base around. Uh, so like you think about destiny you think about all the fan art that they have like all these artists you know that just create because they have a passion for the game and a lot of these artists you know myself included you know you you garner a pretty good following um from from doing this well in my opinion as long as the artwork represents their ip in a very you know good light and they don't have any issues with it it's a smart idea to harness that and like take it and use it for publicity because um you know you're getting basically free art advertising Absolutely. It might not be, you know and you're, you're they're not asking for money um but there's a lot of companies you know like you know disney's one like you try to create fan art around their stuff and do any if you, they have any idea that you're about to sell it it's gonna get shut down i mean oh it's, yeah um, and I'm Disney's a little different, but you kind of get the idea. Like if you have a new game and you got like fan artists and everything, you should, they should embrace that as you know, you're not, it's not, it may not be official art, but it's, it's content. It's content that they can, that people can grab a hold of. And uh, you, you know, fans will like rush to it and it's, it works mutually for the company and the artist because the company's getting exposure to your, to their IP and the artist is getting exposure to their work. And Bungie recently started doing that with the artist. They started um, reaching out to a lot of um, fan artists and myself included for the last run previous to the one they have now, but they're take, they're asking for their work to run them and, you know, do t-shirts and do um, posters that are fan made. So, you know, you got these artists that are looking to have their work featured, you know, as Bungie, official bungee licensed uh apparel or um posters or whatever they're going to be stoked at the opportunity and you know they're they're you know they're they're going in with a contract with you so it's not they're, they're not just asking you to give up your art you know they're actually going in and you know want to compensate you but at the same time um you know, these artists are not only getting some compensation for their work, but they're also getting a lot of exposure for their work and they're getting their work put on official merchandise for a game they love. And like that mutual relationship to me, if that was bigger and done more in the future of gaming, like you would have artists working with game companies, it would almost be like an influencer situation, except not like, not like, I'm going to draw this for this company, but you're drawing it out of sheer passion for what you love. And, you know, this company can appreciate that. And I, I think it's happening more, but not to the degree that Bungie's doing it. Like Bungie's really taking the extra step here. Um, Cause we got, yeah. I think wave two is out now. I think, I don't know how many waves they're doing, but they've had, mine was in the first wave and then they've got another wave uh, that's out now of just fan art that they've turned into 
items that you can buy. Yeah, it's awesome the way they showcase it, the way they advertise it. And, you know, they you do see some other games doing it. You see, like, games like Apex, you know, you see some, uh, you know, art of some of the, you know, the heroes mm-hmm. in, in that yeah. game. That's right. You know, but you're right. Not the level of Destiny. You know, they, they go the extra mile. Like, people, you know, people, the community managers, DMG, he's always retweeting mm-hmm. and art, great art in Destiny. So you're right. It's it's a great relationship that's uh, developed over time. Yeah, definitely. And I love how the Destiny franchise encourages its community to create content around its game. And you're, you're totally right, Brian. You're building brand awareness. You're creating brand affinity through allowing for content creators to create awesome content around your video game. and. I think Bungie, of any company out there that creates video games, embraces it and supports content creators of all types, whether it's whether it's artists, whether it's cosplay artists, musicians, podcasters. They're very supportive of the entire community, and they and I really love that about Bungie, and that's part of the reason why I'm always going to continue supporting them. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. And so moving on to the next thing, what are some challenges that you faced as an artist this past year and just in general in the Destiny community? Challenges as an artist within the community? Yeah. Um I don't know if I have if I have a good answer for that, uh, there's, I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of good things that have, um, the Bungie's tried to do, um, this past, uh, year. Um, you know, we've, we've seen some good expansion, uh, well, expansion, we've seen some good DLCs, uh, you know, with scene 14 coming back. Um, we've had, uh, you know, trials came back, even though it didn't turn out like, it should have in my opinion that was pretty good stuff but like um i haven't seen a lot of challenges in that as as far as an artist goes uh it's been more inspiring because uh you know i love these characters i love destiny and like when they when they come out with something something new and exciting um my biggest challenge is to see how fast i can get something that out there that I enjoy, you know, that I'm stoked about and that I've, uh, can put a little heart into. Um, it's, it's not, it's not like a bad challenge. It's just something that I always look forward to whenever there's something new, like, you know, this year at November now, when, when we, when we get the new expansion, Europa. Yeah. There's going to be stranger again too. Yeah. There's going to be so much stuff. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm going to be overwhelmed with stuff I want to do, but of course I'm going to have to experience the expansion first and kind of see what like stokes the fire and makes me inspired to do something. Um, but that would probably be the challenge, you know, is to see what, what I can turn out that it's, that is on the level of what I'm used to creating, but also something that, that I'm inspired by that can inspire other people. Cause that to me, like that's the, that's the ultimate, like, challenge in all of this is like when i do something 
you know, my biggest hope is that it it ignites some kind of like make somebody's like, yeah, you know, I want to go play a warlock now, or I want to go do this because that that just looks badass, you know, or I just things like that. This this kind of the whole purpose with all of this. Anything that I create, I just want somebody to get something out of it, you know. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Very cool. And the next question we have is from Major Danger. Thank you for your question. And the question is, have you thought about doing some of the ornaments from the Crotas or Vault of Glass heroic raids in any of your upcoming artwork releases? Uh, so, yeah, um, that was that's I enjoy that art that the um, the armor from D1 a ton. Um, I think there's some great designs in T2, but like some of the D1 armor from like Crota and Mm-hmm. um excuse me king's fall all of that is some amazing stuff like it, to me it's on another level even though it was some of the first you know armor we had seen um back then but i hope that they bring those raids back with the armor and the ornaments um and that we can have a shot at that because if it is it will give like OG players a chance to obtain that armor, which everybody knows is awesome, but it'll also let some of the newer players that haven't been playing it since um, D1 to get it and say, yeah, you know, this stuff looks awesome. I love this, you know, because it, it really is amazing looking armor. Um, and that'll give me a chance to like feel a little bit more psyched about creating some of that stuff because right now I don't mind going back and making some of that armor into some of my pieces, but the only people that really get anything out of it because like i say i do this for a lot of people you know i always do it for myself like i like people to enjoy it but only people that get anything out of are people that play d1 you know because they were they were there they remember getting that armor they remember um you know using it on their character you know that was what they ran and um which is fine but i feel like it would be better if it's shared by everybody you know once everybody has a chance to see this armor in game you know, more people will be more inclined to enjoy the artwork. So if they do, if they do bring back the armors with the old raids or anything in the ornaments, of course. I mean, I'm definitely going to do some. It's just no doubt about it. Those ornaments were amazing. Like, yeah, I, I love yeah, them. They they're they're the best ornaments to this date, I feel like, with those <laughs> ones you they're got from all the raids. Yeah. yeah. I'm the really excited for Destiny awesome. 1 content to come back into Destiny 2, like the Vault of Glass raid and Crota's End and King's Fall. I know it's going to happen, you know, maybe not all at once, but at some point down the road, all of these things are gonna, going to come back into the game. And I think the game will be better for it. And it's going to be yeah. so exciting to see how the art evolves. I mean, think about this next gen consoles are right around the corner there are rumors Mm -hmm. going around that xbox might release their next gen console this uh fall playstation is scheduled to release their console this holiday season and i mean can you imagine how these games are going to look on next gen going back into the vault of glass and quota's end that's what and you know like bungie waiting till november the if if that happens if that happens 
and like these things start panning out to where we're seeing this stuff like you're talking about the sheer amount of hype for re-experiencing those things on pc level graphics is going to be awesome like and this is for console players you know because you know not everybody plays on pc um i i can't wait like all this happening at that time is just going to be so much i mean it it really is that's a good point i thought about that exactly today with it getting pushed to november 10th you're getting like so close to the new console launches right there too so it's like you get that new console and then you've already did your pre-order or whatever for destiny 2 beyond light you're going to be able to upgrade for free right to those new consoles you know and just experience that 4k 60 beautiful you know just yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it'll look great uh, and, and if you have the game on PC then can you imagine how it's going to run uncapped it's really limited by your hardware at that point <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's why um, I, I'm excited to go back to the Cosmodrome and just see, <laughs> see that again in high frame rate and what they've done to bring that into Destiny 2 you know just like to see that world again like that and venus are like my favorite locations like in all of destiny venus like, was just, one of my faves too yeah uh, venus is my favorite yeah venus is yep venus is my favorite you my know, wife I, likes uh titan i feel bad for her, but she likes <laughs> titan it's about to get white <laughs> hey maybe we be better when it comes back you know yeah, when, maybe <laughs> um i think europa is going to be fantastic too yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So I think it's a good segue for the next question that we have. And that is, Brian, what is your favorite moment in Destiny? Any any experience that you had in, in Destiny that really sticks out to you, whether it be a raid that you played or whether it be an event that you attended? You know what sticks out to me the most? I mean, events, obviously, like the whole, like, but yeah, if, if I'm going to go straight to Destiny, though, um, it, the loot cave was my favorite. <laughs> it was so, like, so early on in Destiny. And this was before, this was when, like, I was literally leveling up with the loot cave. I didn't, I mean, this was how early it was. And people who didn't, you, you never nobody played destiny before nobody knew all the things about it you know it was so young and there was so much to be discovered but everybody was so loot hungry you know that it was just it was the perfect storm for like something like this to happen and i just remember sitting there and learning the supers from the classes as i watched them use them against the loot cave <laughs> It's just interesting. Um, I learned my jumps from hopping up and over into the cave, like like different jumps as I attained them as I leveled up, you know? It was just, it was a moment of weirdness because like you got this one game that you can go and do all this different stuff, but yet everybody's shooting at this cave because there's a chance that you're going to get a legendary, you know, or just, and it was just so, Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just, it was crazy. And you know, now we look at legendaries like just trash on this, just whatever. Right? It's just there. Like, you, oh, look, another legendary. But back then, like, 
not to mention exotics, but legendaries were still pretty rare early on. And uh, exotics Super were rare. just, yeah, and exotics were like non-existent unless you did raids or something crazy. Um, so yeah, it was, or nightfalls, but, uh, yeah, it was it, that moment to me will ever, it will forever stick out to me because of, um, what I see destiny as now versus what it was back then. It was just such a funny moment. Yeah. I, and then taking your purples to Raul and get a blue or green. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was so awful. <laughs> get so excited that you got a purple Ingram and you go up there and you're like, no, you son of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that time Corn Holio, he actually, he, he messaged me like, bro, you got to get in here. You got to come to the Skywatch. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And I just see all these people <laughs> just lined up. Like, no, don't cross that line. You got to stay back here because you got to make Make sure you stand back here so they all spawn in at the right time <laughs> it was so good and yeah. you could leech xp off of everybody else there as long as you stood within range of them every time someone killed a mob you would get experience for it even if you didn't shoot them or tag them or anything that's true I think we literally headed down to a science where like we knew exactly where, where to stand yeah at what yeah. time and like if somebody deviated from that like we got upset it's like bad etiquette there's just yeah. stuff you don't do. You don't cross the line, okay? <laughs> you don't mess up the entire you flow. Stand behind of this rock. Operation. Do not cross this rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think for me, Destiny One had amazing loot that was worth chasing. I mean, yeah. think about so many different pursuits that we had in Destiny One: Icebreaker, Gallerhorn, um, the Iron Banner armor. Uh, Radagast's Fury. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so many amazing things. Uh, Vision of Confluence, you know, yeah. Fatebringer, Fatebringer, stuff like that. We spent the time to grind those items, and I think that's the one thing that's missing from the game right now. I think that Garden of Salvation is awesome, but I don't hear anybody gr trying to grind out for a specific weapon that's there that's so special and just mind-blowing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I miss that. Yeah. I really miss that because that made you the know, entire grind so special. It made the whole experience so worth. Do you know why though? Like, do you know like if you think back to if you've ever have you ever played an MMO before, like a MMORPG? Like, wow. I started WoW. I played about ten hours of it. I think. Okay. All right. Well, if you've ever played, like, I play, I started playing WoW when it first came out, long time ago, long time ago, like in two thousand four um every game that like destiny 2 is same thing like destiny was the same way but every game that comes out they have an idea of what they want to do but of course there's no balance yet because the game has been played so they don't know what exactly is unbalanced and what is balanced they just have ideas they probably tested some things but not to the degree that players are going to test it so wow was the same way when the game first came out, like there was all these classes, every class, some were, some were not powerful. Some were more powerful. There were items in the game that were powerful that weren't meant to be powerful. There was things that people camped, uh, camped rare spawns for or camped things for, um, or did, did, did what equivalent of strikes did instances over and over and over to get one item because it was like the best in slot item for that class. Um, Destiny was a lot of the same way. Like you had the early weapons and everything. Um, they were they were similar. They had they had perks on them that were 
or uh, states that they would feel a certain way that that you can't recreate anymore unless you actually Mm -hmm. mean to do it. And then in that way, sometimes they go overboard with it. But like we they're doing things now that are different but they're kind of giving them to everybody kind of thing. Like, you know, like you got the wither horde and things like that. that's a different type of weapon. The new trace rifle. Um, that's a different type of weapon. It's got new, it's got different perks, but that's like, that's not stuff that's like, Hey, guess what? If you go to this dungeon, this boss right here has a chance to drop this weapon. And it is, the, it is the most OP weapon. If you get a random roll on it, that's not the same thing as telling somebody, Hey, if you go over here, you get this weapon, get the catalyst and everything. It's pretty good. But so can he joke over here can do the same thing. It doesn't have that same enticing factor to make you want to play that raid, play that uh, strike or whatever, and grind it till you're till you're dead until you finally get that one roll that you really wanted. Um, and early destiny was the same as any other MMO. Like it, it has all these great things in it, but it ends up balance ends up becoming an issue, and people they end up changing things because people only want one weapon or only want this type of hand cannon because this type of hand cannon beats out all the rest. <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we have moments like that now, but they just make adjustments, but they don't, like you say, they don't have anything that you're like, you know, let me go dr- grind Omni for hours to get the perfect grasp of Malak, you know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Cause I, people did that, you know, it's just, just don't have that same thing anymore they didn't i keep saying this all the time they really didn't know what they really had you know like yeah in d1 like the the sandbox they built the weapons that they built the encounters that they built were all spec were special were very special you know it's like you you like you said you went and you grinded on the goal for like six hours because you wanted to get that perfect grasp of Malik, or you yeah. wanted a couple that were really, really good, but you wanted the God roll. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you also tried to, you know, go farm that Imago loop or whatever, and you mm-hmm. know, run the raids over and over again. If you didn't have fate bringer, you know, and, and if they bring these things back, um, they need to bring back the loot too. They, yeah. they really do like for that to be really special for it to feel like, connected again like they're building a single evolving world like they said you know it's like we made a mistake when we left that stuff in the past so let's not do it again so i hope they bring it all the way you know that's that's what my hope is yeah i'm saying yeah uh, me too i really hope they can find a balance where they can recreate that special feeling that we felt when we got the grasp of Malak, right? I mean, that was a really special grind, and I miss that. I miss having that really special item to grind out in the game, and I understand it's difficult to balance the game. I mean, even today, after six years of developing the game, they still can't quite balance it right, and that's why we're getting so many balance updates and so many changes, and I think overall, you're always going to have a large majority of players using a specific type of weapon or something that you would consider the meta, right? And that's always going to be the case. People are always going to magnetize to that best item to use for that situation. And while 
we have YouTube, while we have Twitch, while we have content creators uh, creating content around the game, we're, we're always going to have content creators recommend specific weapons, specific roles, and it's always going to be a balancing act. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Because we oh, live in a we live in a very uh very informational age where once something's out there, it's out there for everybody instantly. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And to wrap up our discussion with the Guardians, um, we have one last question for you, and that is what is next for Mr. Monkis? Um, so like artwork wise? Yeah, yeah. What what are you planning on doing, you know, in the near future going into this fall with the release of Beyond Light? Um, no major projects other than um I'm gonna continue streaming and uh I'm gonna probably uh do a little bit of artwork uh, non-Destiny related for a while, kind of let this uh, season kind of play out. And um, then probably, you know, wait wait till the expansion comes out. And I, I don't know, there might be a piece or two in between. It just really depends on what comes up. But as far as art goes, at projects go, that's probably what I'll be doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to just, you know, keep keep making things and keep uh keep getting better and uh really pushing to within the next couple of years hopefully um we're we're gonna see how things play out but hopefully be able to do this stuff full time and if that happens then uh be a lot you'll see a lot more content um from me uh because i'll have much more time to um draw and create <laughs> have you seen an image just through any of the promotional uh material through some of the trailers that has really stuck out to you yet um i know obviously there's so much more to see when we get it in november but yeah. price. we have a whole segment about that let's wait oh we do oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> my bad it's my okay. bad cap answer it's your question okay, though yes i have um <laughs> but i'd rather wait as well uh just okay. because it is worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have they've given tidbits out, but like I'm the type of person I, I need much better when it comes to drawing. I like my reference and I like to be accurate in what I'm depicting and not just shoot something out there and it you know, just just the way I work. But uh but yeah, I'll be I'll be waiting mostly for any new stuff. Definitely. Cool. Well, Guardians, I think uh we can move on to some I don't know if we're going to call it good news or bad news. It depends. It's situational news, right? It depends. For me, I think this is good news. For us, we're going to discuss this topic. And um, this came out just today, breaking news, that Destiny 2 Beyond Light is getting delayed until November 10th, 2020. And DMG made a post stating the following. We have made a decision to move the release date of Destiny 2 Beyond Light to November 10th. As the first chapter in a new trilogy of expansions, Beyond Light is the beginning of a new era in Destiny 2. 
we have a powerful story to tell and incredible new features that we're really excited for players to experience. As always, our goal is to make the coolest, most entertaining expansion we can possibly make for our fans. To that end, we are doing what's best for the game and moving the launch date. The past few months have been a challenge and we will continue to be during the pandemic. We learned to create together in a new way by having to work apart from one another. Despite these hurdles, we are still committed to the same level of quality that our fans expect. Over the coming weeks, we will be unveiling more of what's, what we're working on for Beyond Light, what also this means for the season of Arrivals, which will now be extended to November 10th. Beyond Light sets the stage for an incredible future in Destiny 2, and though it's coming later than we originally anticipated, we're excited to continue that journey with you in November. So, Deej really has a way with words, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Master so, Deej. Yes, so Deej confirmed today that the expansion that we have all been anticipating to come September 27th has now been delayed until November 10th. So Guardians, how do you guys feel about this? I'm totally cool with it. You know, it's, I think we discussed this earlier, you know, before we started the podcast tonight, you know, it's, it's important during this time, you know, during this climate that we're in, that you want to make sure that you're giving people the ample time they, they need to, you know, get, get the project done, but also make sure you're not overworking your your staff you know it it's just it's it's good i think it's a good thing you know because we're going to get a better product in the end i feel like any extra time they have you know to fix if things need to be fixed or bugs need to be you know taken care of more play testing needs to be done there's more art that needs to be done some they'll touch up on on some environments or some of the armor the flavor text all the things that go into creating this game, you know, that's, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's going to, I think it's okay. We're all going to be okay. Even though it is going to be a very busy time when this thing is going to be coming out now. Uh, Cyberpunk kind of think releases nine days after that. So, <laughs> and it's going to butt up against some pretty big heavy hitters, you know, in November. So, but I still think it's good regardless of that definitely and brian what do you think about this delay are you okay with it i honestly like this kind of stuff doesn't bother me um because i don't um i'm not going to presume that i know any company better than any company how to what they should do with their game or when they should release anything it's you know it's always their call and they're a business like anything else and you know even though they have a passion for making games they also you know they have to make sure that what they do is also also good for the company financially and um 
they wouldn't do something like this unless they knew it was absolutely necessary. I mean, you're talking about upsetting people, but you're also talking about a revenue stream that you need to have from a release of a game that you've been working on for quite some time. And if they feel, in my opinion, if they feel that uh, releasing it later is going to make the game um, better received and also um, function better, then I, I think they're probably making the right call. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something that they were going to just throw out there really quick. They probably had a lot of thought about it. And, and it's like, we're talking about during these times now, you know, who knows, you know, there might be stipulations they're having to hurdle over because of situations that we're dealing with right now. And that's, that's completely understandable. And you can't really blame anybody for that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I agree with you both on this. I'm I'm totally okay with this delay. In fact, I'm happy that they're coming out and saying, "Hey, we don't think we're going to be able to deliver on the quality of product that we want, so we're going to take some more time." And I think that when you look at the video game industry, you'll see that a lot of game developers release games too soon before they are ready to be released. So I think this is a very smart decision for Bungie to make. And also, it's something that I welcome because at the end of the day, we're going to get a better video game because of it, because they're taking more time to build the content, to create the game, and ultimately build an expansion that we can all be happy to play and, and proud of. And I'd rather that be the case than us getting a rushed piece of content that may not feel as complete. So I think this is all for the better. And I really wish that more companies would adapt this policy. And this year, we're actually seeing this happen a lot more frequently in the video game industry, where a lot of game developers are delaying their game releases because of real world situations like COVID. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to bring it up. You know, it's controversial, but I'm still going to bring it up. When they were the Activision, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened. Activision would have made them push it out, basically. You know, being their own, you know, being independent and being allowed to make those decisions on their own, you know, I think is, is very important. You know, and it's going to lead to a more healthier game too and you know it's just overall health of the company and just you know the game itself is going to be better for it you, you know it, you take that extra time that you need and you know people are very you know they're understanding i've looked at all the, the tweets today i looked at people's comments and you know a majority a huge majority are in favor of this and you know, I applaud Bungie for getting out in front and letting us know and just goes to show you the level of transparency that they have with with their player base. Yeah, like, absolutely. So add that these days, um, you know, because we're constantly evolving as things go on, but um, I think companies have learned too. I mean, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but there have been some games that have released uh, mostly unfinished or rushed. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, y you learn real quick as a company that 
that doesn't fly. Um, you can't, because the way that social media works and everything these days, things can get really, really heated and really, really bashed really fast. Um, if, if things are not up to par with what they are, what they're expected to be from the, from the developer standpoint. And, uh, it's, it can be nasty and it can be very detrimental to your company and to your game um, and to your fan base as well. So, and I think Bungie knows this because they also deal with DLCs that not, not DLCs, the uh, seasonal stuff. Um, They know what our community wants. And if you trust that they know what we want to that degree, you're going to be fine with it because you know, they're not doing this for no reason. (laughs) No. Yeah. That I agree. And and I think our community has been fairly positive about these changes. Um, as Shadow Price mentioned on Reddit, we had one individual state the following. One of the best things about my last job was that my boss understood gaming culture. I need to take the week off for a big release. It was a legitimate excuse to her. She knew that I would be useless for the first couple of days. Okay, very cool. I think my I think my employers would be as understanding as well, actually. That is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. Mine would not be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got this big boss fight. I, I can't I can't work tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That raid's not going to beat itself. Another person stated, I'm imagining the look on my girlfriend's face if I told her I'm taking a vacation for a video game in November. <laughs> Destiny got cyberpunked. I like that one. <laughs> this is great. So overall, I think we're pretty positive about this. People are understanding, especially this year, things are tough. You know, people have to work from home. We have this really nasty virus that's going around and we're all trying to come together and to support each other and to keep each other entertained. And, and um, I'm excited to play this November and I'm okay with it. I think it's going to be fine. Now, there are some things that Deej stated in this note that I found personally kind of interesting. He talked about new features in the game, a powerful story, and incredible new features. Now, I'm wondering what these new features can be and what he could be potentially talking about here. Should we dare to try to speculate and guess? I think some of it will be stasis, I, I, because that's going to be new. The stasis element brought into the game. I mean, that's a cop-out answer, but, you know, obviously (laughs) (laughs) we all know that that's coming and it's going to be on, you know, some of the weapons too. So a brand new element and how that's going to play into the sandbox going forward. Dory, um, so you think think it's got some kind of, uh, some kind of character or history or anything like that we're going to tap into that we don't. I watched a very cool lore video yesterday and uh i don't know if you guys know him his name is evade and 
he's made destiny lore videos for a while now and his lore video was about will aldrin solve come back during the beyond light expansion mm -hmm. when the cosmodrome comes back because his video was very very interesting and if you remember back in uh, 2013 when destiny was first unveiled to everybody you know the original story before it got you know rewritten and rebooted basically they had a they showed aldrin solve you know he was just called the crow at the time mm. and he was in the cosmodrome and he just he walked out he saw a warlock and the warlock was was like why don't you put that thing down so we could talk and then the crow said aldrin solve said out here this is how we talk you know i remember that so Dude, i think that was in the book that was in the uh the lore book the first one it was part of the last word story what but what so what i'm thinking is they could possibly bring that to life again that's how aldrin gets probably reintroduced because he's like why is the city breathing down my neck that's what he's saying so obviously he's getting pushback from the city from the people who knows what he's done which he doesn't remember because he was uh, revived as a guardian by the ghost. So there could be, we could see that story come back to life again in Beyond Light. Yeah, it's true. Because just the, just the connotation, the title, Beyond Light, Aldrin was the one who talked about uh, the line between light and dark is so very thin. You know, talking about the light and the darkness, you know, beyond light. So I could totally see Bungie probably reintroducing that. And I really like that video from Evade. And I, I'm, I'm on board with that, that thinking. I think Shadow Price cracked the code. I think he just figured out <laughs> the next expansion. <laughs> so if we see that happen, like as a side story, you know, in the Cosmic and things like that, I'm going to be really happy that that's happening. Yeah, because it's another stoked. way Bungie is pushing the story forward and connecting the world too. So, so stoked for that. I'm ready for that to have some resolution because honestly, the the characters, um, he's got a lot of potential, and I feel like before this is all said and done, uh, that character is going to play a pretty big role in something. Yeah. I mean, it's the queen's brother. The, the question yeah. is, when is he going to play? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> because, I mean, it's either going to be this fall or next fall or the fall after that. If they're going to wait that long, which might be a bit of a long stretch. But I'm thinking next year, the Witch King, that's going to be more about Sabathun. Which queen? That would mean, yeah. And that would mean that this expansion coming up, that would make sense for Uldren to maybe be part of it if they stealth dropped him. Would, could, would they do that? Well, they said that he's, like, Evade was talking about him hiding in containers that could be possibly in the Cosmodrome because, you know, there's all those, all those old rusty containers in the Cosmodrome. And if you watch that, piece that video like back from 2013 it looks like he came out of one of those things 
and pointed the gun at that warlock. And it was so it's like, hmm, could it be coming around, you know, full circle again? You know, and it's yeah, hmm. and there here's another thing I'm gonna say. Um, remember when it was one of the uh live streams that they had uh, I think it was they were talking about the music of Destiny, and they had Kristen Potter on the show that is Marasov, and they talked about her coming back as a pirate queen, you know as some point where she's like actually fighting and things like that. So, you know, would they reintroduce her again? Like the queen? I mean, she's been gone for a bit. She's been gone since, you know, we saw her in the dreaming city. Yeah. So would they bring her back? Like, you know, that, and how is that relationship going to form with her and her brother again? You know, it's, like it's it's all interesting. The plot is just so so interesting. There, that is such an interesting story that they I want I want to see told. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I just it's just gonna have to wait it out. They, I mean, they'll release it at the right time. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Once once they're ready, they're gonna release the content. Um, I don't think they're going to do it before they're ready. And I think that partially has to do with what Shadow Price bought, brought up earlier about Activision. I think in the past, Bungie had to stick to deadlines pretty strictly. And now they're taking the liberties that they now have as their own company without the control of a publisher involved. They can do what they want. And if they feel the game isn't ready, they're going to delay it. And I, I think that the reason for the delay is probably work from home. We all had to work from home, especially Seattle, where Bungie is based. They got hit pretty hard with COVID. Yeah, and really they're quick. Still not, they're still not fully recovered. It's not like people are back to work. They're still working from home. So I think because of that, there were things that they couldn't really do, and they didn't want to make sacrifices. They didn't want to make cuts to meet that deadline. So I, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you guys think this delay will impact the player base and how will this impact the seasonal content that we have currently with Season of the Arrivals? Hmm. Go ahead, Brian. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think there are people that are going to be, you know, it depends on what Deej is talking about as to what kind of things they have to help mosey things along. Um, but, you know, people are going to play other things. They're going to, you know, there was see there, we had some pretty dry seasons and I wouldn't be surprised if people, you know, kind of pick up a few other things until, until November, maybe not right away, but further down the road. Um, but it, people will always come back. They're going to come back. It's just, you know, they have to do what they have to do. And they do try to, Bungie does well at trying to provide things for everybody to do during these downtimes. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's only so much you can do to keep everybody busy and playing. And I mean, we'll just have to see if they have anything lined up just to kind of hold everybody over, so to speak, until that comes out. But I mean, yeah, it's, we might be looking at another little dry spell, not right away, of course, but 
a little bit further on if they don't have anything up their sleeve, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to play other games, you know, because there are a lot of great games out there that deserve to be played. I have a huge black backlog of games that I want to get to here before I go into Beyond Light and Shadow having that Christ extra buys games. He just buys everything. Yeah, I do. He plays probably, I would <laughs> say, five percent of the games that he owns. He's not, not wrong. <laughs> he, he's not wrong. And I would like to actually go into some of those games. I, 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 I want to experience some of those exclusives on uh, PlayStation that I've been putting off for so long because I've, you know, given so much time to Destiny. Um, I want to go back and play my Switch games, ton, the tons of Switch games that I have as well. So I think it's a good thing. You know, because I'm going to try to balance both, you know, playing those and also playing Destiny uh, and also doing other things, too. So, yeah, that's my... People are going to really appreciate... Uh, if they take the time away, they might not like like it at first, but when Beyond... Or, yeah, or not Beyond... When, uh, when the expansion comes out in the fall, or in, not in the fall, <laughs> November, people are going to be so ready you'll be so refreshed and ready to get back into the game it's gonna feel a lot different i know because i've taken small breaks myself and it it does feel different coming back you're you know you're you're on a different level than you were when you're just grinding endlessly endlessly every day it's just different yeah yeah it's like a relief once you reach that pinnacle light level and you don't feel like you have to continue playing to get you know higher to chase after that light it's like that sigh of relief and for me actually knowing that i have a little bit more time to finish all of the pursuits that i have in destiny finish up my triumphs finish up the season pass i mean i have more time to do all of this stuff now so i think in a way i'm kind of happy that I have more time because I, I feel like it was almost kind of rushed where I felt like I, I have to finish all the stuff, but then maybe I want to try to play some other games that are coming out. Halo three, like on <laughs> PC. Yeah. Master chief collection. And yeah, I, I and think wh- other games deserve to be played, you know, and I think that, a lot of players in the Destiny community, however, they pretty much play one game, and that's Destiny. And that's kind of how a, a large majority of the population is. Like, they, they find the game that's their hobby. Yeah. Yeah. And what's something we wish we had more of is time. So, you know, having that extra time is, is a good thing, I feel like. No time too. to explain. <laughs> No. <laughs> no fun. <Yeah. laughs> the meme lives. <laughs> so, Guardians, it is official. Destiny 2 Beyond Light will be coming out this November, November 10th, 2020. Uh, so mark your calendars. Make sure you tell your boss that you need to get the day off. And uh, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more as we move into this fall and uh, into November. So I'm really excited to play this new content. And with that, 
Bungie did put out a new page, and I guess that's not extremely new, but it has been updated with the new date. So in that sense, it has been updated. But uh, that is the pre-order page for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And we can kind of guess and, and predict what will happen this fall and where we're going. And some of the things that kind of st stuck out to me was it looked like a very cold, a very icy place with uh, what I would presume to be Europa. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Europa, icy moon of Jupiter. Pretty much, we've seen this place ever since Destiny 1 and the concept art. So I'm ecstatic to be going there because it's this place has been kind of, we've known about it ever since the beginning. And it seems to have a lot of secrets and mysteries, you know, that we you know, are going to, you know, solve when we get there. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked. Um, a new planet. I mean, when was the last time we got like a, I mean, we got the Dreaming City, but like, yeah. um, it just... Like there was a lot of new content in the Forsaken expansion when it came to the Dreaming City and the uh, uh, Tangled Shore and whatnot, mm -hmm. but a new planet and uh, something that we already actually know about and have ideas for things that are supposedly involved with this area. I, th I think there's going to be a lot of storytelling, <laughs> um, and I think that's that's a good thing to look forward to, and you know. Uh, as we enter these things with the darkness and all, like uh, I can only hope that the designers and the people designing the weapons and the armor are straight on point with the aesthetic. Because if so, like you know, it's one, it's one thing when you have a good story, it's great when you can experience these events and the items that you pick up feel like they are imbued with this type of story. It really makes a world of difference, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that statement for sure. I mean, I mean, just that one weapon they showed that teased during yeah. that live stream, you know, it's it's like nothing like a gun I've seen in the game before. So it has a, like a brand new look to it that you couldn't tell exactly what weapon that was, you know. So I'm totally excited to get new loot and go to new a new environment and just see all the amazing things that they've been able to create for this place and the story that they're going to be able to tell you know like you mentioned brian and and this is going to be the first new destination that bungie created since forsaken since the dreaming city and the tangled shore and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't those expansions come out under the Activision Activision umbrella yes yeah yes, so this did. is the first time that Bungie is able to fully realize their potential and you got to think with, they've been working on this probably for a couple of years now you know I mean with the location and probably 
as large as this place is and to you know build that story too and well, and, and we can see fire in in this main image we can see that it looks like this cold power it looks like you almost have to possess the power of the darkness in order to yeah you see the cracks on the, the on the planet yeah. and the the glowing red underneath it too i think that's going to have some sort of implications the the tone is very kind of reminiscent to me of a time that we had during the taken king like this is yeah. a dark time oh yeah the darkness yeah there this is the age of darkness just like they said these three expansions are going we're going to be in a, the age of darkness and which is go, pretty freaking awesome if you think about it we're going <laughs> to go beyond the light yeah it states a new power is born out of an ancient pyramid ship above europa's frozen frontier and a dark empire has risen beneath United under the banner of the fallen Kell of darkness. Aramis. Aramis? Is it? No, your first was right. Your Ar first Aramis. pronunciation. Yeah. Join your fellow guardians and bring down the empire at any cost, even if it means wielding the darkness itself. Wow. And we've always wanted to do that. We've always wanted to have a darkness subclass be dark guardians, you know, like... I feel like we've always wanted to just touch the darkness, you know. I have. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people have, and that's why another reason why I say like I'm I'm waiting because it depends on the story as to how like when it comes to like drawing some of these characters, these armors, whatever that might be. It depends on the story as to how I portray that because. Right now we see images and we have an idea, but we really don't know what this means to, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what you're capable of doing while you're wielding dark, you know, stasis and dark powers. Like it, I, I just, that's going to be so cool to me. And that's going to really, really change how I feel about what I'm, what I'm doing. So I can't, yeah, that's going to be just awesome. And that's going to have implications upon itself, you know, because it's like, we are wielding, going to be wielding the darkness, you know. Obviously, Eris probably was the one who discovered it. Remember that cutscene in Destiny Two back in like October, where she went up to that that statue and she touched it, and she kind yeah. of was absorbed that uh, same, you know, basic material. Uh, uh, it was like that same color that of of what the darkness like looks like. You know, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see how we are going to, you know, get those dark, those powers, that now, uh, ability. We're, we're seeing a guardian sit in front of a pyramid. It, it appears to be a pyramid ship. And the environment looks like Europa. It looks like a bunch of frozen rocks and gl glacial statues yeah um, I, I think that's supposed to depict the stranger ex oh the is that stranger. stranger okay i'm pretty sure yeah huh interesting now is she 
in front of the entrance to maybe the next raid? Or is um, it just out in space, perhaps? Perhaps I'm overthinking it? <laughs> well, we know it's under the surface somewhere on Europa. Um, the Deep Stone Crypt is what it's referred to. But, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. It's, it's possible. What if the entrance to the stone crypt is behind where that pyramid is? Maybe that's where the entrance begins. You have to go down the pyramid. That would be pretty cool. It seems like this area is going to be pretty large. Oh, yeah. From the it's looks of it. Pretty massive. Yeah. And I think also that with them getting, you know, putting all those four locations five locations actually into the DCV and bring in this, like I think they needed to, well, they obviously needed to do it to probably create this environment because I feel like this is going to be larger than a lot of environments that we already have. So yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a focal point. I mean, obviously Europe is the new area. So I think it's going to be a focal point for um, uh, what they're going to be trying to accomplish story-wise here. So yeah, I'm sure it's going to be pretty massive. Yeah. I mean, they've never really said powerful story before the way Deej, like, yeah, you know, said that. The way that they impl impl implied that the way it's going to be a new chapter for Destiny and that it's changing, it makes me think that this is going to be game changing in terms of like not just like the story, but what we're able to do as characters within the game. And also that it's going to be a massive turning point for the way that the story of destiny has been going thus far and mm -hmm. you know if you think about it we go from light 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 battling darkness and enemies to harnessing darkness as part of our repertoire it's definitely going to change what is going to be happening in the story going forward because you got to wonder how and why is that a possibility and why what are like what is the benefits of this well if you think about that then you start wondering like well what is the purpose of the darkness you know what are we really doing here and so it kind of makes you wonder like after after this point what kind of story are we going to be running into here <laughs> you know yeah absolutely yeah all those lore entries that we've had you know are gonna be kind of you know uh front facing now in the game, I feel like we're, they're going to pay off some of that lore, I bet. So well, and I think this is also a chance for Bungie to really just not hold back and to tell the story that they, they want, want to, tell. to tell. Exactly. Yeah. Their vision, you know, the vision that they've set out for, you know, all along too. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, in, yeah. in the image that we see on the, landing page for the next expansion the first image we see these kind of vault of glass looking sculptures it's really interesting and i'm wondering if this could be well i the think there's definitely vex there because i think i've seen i saw vex well you can see the vex the... milk it, it looks like there's vex milk in the background and it yeah. almost looks like a dungeon. I think this might be actually maybe part of the raid. Even. 
I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. You know, they they like to keep everything raid close to their chest until it's, you know, close to launch, basically. Yeah, they... It's interesting. Yeah. And then the next image here looks like a satellite. It looks like a satellite on Europa. So this might be just one of the buildings that we go into, maybe a building with a public event or a special activity, kind of like what we had with Forsaken. Or there could be some kind of significant maybe a new activity communicating. Possibly too. Maybe maybe this could be a radio broadcast. Maybe they got a set Rasputin up there. <laughs> Possibly. Because look what happened to Rasputin. He got shut down by the That's darkness. <laughs> it's kind of funny the way you said that. We're gonna <laughs> pop a satellite up here for you, Rasputin. <laughs> Go to town. Yeah. I mean, because obviously, if we're going to be able to salvage Rasputin, who knows what's actually, you know, be able to rip the AI out of there, out of Mars, because Mars is going away, right? So we've got to, Rasputin's got to come, otherwise he, we're not going to see him again, you know? Yeah. So I'm guessing Anna Bray's going to find a way to probably, you know, salvage what's left of Rasputin and maybe, you know, uh, send some of his, uh, whatever's left of him, set him up there <laughs> in Europa. <laughs> it's just a thought, you know. He's going to have a, he's going to have a part to play, I think. I just don't know how, how big of a role he's going to have. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be interesting. And then we have another image that looks really cool. It looks like, Destiny meets Rocket League almost. It's weird. It looks really <laughs> cool. I think this is probably the, the strike that's going to be in the new expansion, maybe, or, or some kind of a new event. It looks like there's some parkour going on. It, it's, it looks really interesting. Maybe these are some, some of the new special abilities that we're going to have. It looks like circuits on the floor. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. They look like like circuits, the way circuits schematics are like drawn. So that's really interesting. Um, mm. how, if that's going to play into the way the environment, you know, behaves. You know, it looks like it. They're not showing some of the. They're not showing the new weapons though, because those all are old weapons. From the looks of it, that shotgun that looks like one of the ones from Shadowkeep. That's a recluse on his back, right? Looks like a recluse to me. And I think that auto rifle might be, I mean, that might be new, but it looks like it might be from got the dreaming city look to it a little bit. So hmm. I, I think they're just keeping it all close to their chest. They don't want to show too much. And I, and I like that. I applaud them for that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Honestly, that to me like if they if they didn't show i mean it's hard to because these days you want to give people something understand that but like yeah the less they show the better their game is for when it actually launches and they you know they know this but i mean there's so many times where like if you're playing a game 
you know, we, like we were talking about earlier, we live in such a world where like when something's discovered, it's massively known already. You almost can't not hear about it. Like, but uh, yeah, you got the machine houndish making a video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just instantly out there. So like anything that could be possibly discovered by yourself while you're playing is ex- an exciting factor. I mean, it's like it's tr- it's like trying not to get the movie spoiled for you. You know, when you're when you're playing these games, when they first come, like w- when it first releases, you're like, all right, let me get in here. I don't want to know all this stuff. I mean, it's so I, li- mm-hmm. I like the fact that they don't say stuff because then you get in there and just like you, you, you discover might, it. Yeah, you discover it and you're the first person to discover it. And, you know, it's not all over the Internet. It's just. I want those holy shit moments back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get those these days. Yeah. Ain't that right, Corn? <laughs> yeah, I blame Houndish. Thanks, Houndish. <laughs> Houndish, yeah. Yeah. no, get away. <laughs> hey guys, Houndish here. <laughs> Houndish is a good dude. We had him on. He's a really good dude. Yes, a while back. Shout outs to Houndish. He's a, he's a great dude. So we're gonna be wielding the darkness this fall. As a new threat emerges, so too does a mysterious new power. Stasis. Rooted in darkness, guardians will wield this new elemental power alongside arc, solar, and void, summoning epic supers to dominate the battlefield. Titans, warlocks, and hunters each use stasis in different ways, from slowing down foes with stasis fields to encasing and shattering enemies with destructive might. It's a mouthful. Just sounds awesome. That wanna, sounds just. I want to feel like I just freaking I Magneto be... crushing somebody with. <laughs> yeah. Be I'll tell you what. Stop I'll them in their what. tracks and this. Yeah. This definitely, and this might be a pro tip. This makes me want to level up all three of my characters to experience all three of the super abilities with stasis. It's gonna change it really everything. Yeah, it's gonna make me want to play probably all three too. Because just to, <laughs> you know, for the first time in a long time, playing my warlock and titan again, you know, because you're gonna get that feeling back again. You know, the, all the newness, the new new. You want you get the new new in the class. game. Yeah, the new new. Yeah. No. We also have some new gear. I mean. The game wouldn't be Destiny without new exotics, right? There are those who believe Europa is nothing more than a frozen Golden Age graveyard, its treasures long ago swallowed by ice and darkness. You know better. Beneath the ruins lie countless relics, an arsenal of weapons, and more. Claim this cutting edge tech from the clutches of time and dare to tame the wasteland. It sounds like somebody's telling me a story right now. It's like, yeah, like, a, pirate, it's like, a, <laughs> like a pirate or something. And it's just <laughs> like, arr, matey. <laughs> <laughs> I want this stuff. I want all of this. So we're getting countless relics, an arsenal of weapons, and more. Hmm. Yeah. I really hope uh, an arsenal of weapons means 
a lot because I, well, I, I want a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all, all hope. <laughs> we all hope yeah. for a lot. Yeah, hope for the future. <laughs> hope for the future. That's perfect. And lastly, we have the deep stone crypt. Below the frozen tundra of Europa lies the deep stone crypt. For decades, it has remained dormant. Your fire team cautiously approaches, weapons raised, and the final plan is set in motion. That mm. sounds so brooding. Yeah, it you know, does. There's something so sinister about that place, you know, because that's where the exos were birthed, were born, was in the deep stone crypt. Mm-hmm. You know, just just as an example, look at that symbol. Look at that symbol that's just kind of faint. Yeah, I it see looks it. It's like they blurred it kind of. And and Brian knows what I'm talking about. It looks like an infinity symbol. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what this represents. Maybe it represents the evil that we will be fighting in this uh, deep stone crypt. Yeah, it's it's all exciting. You know, a new raid is always exciting when they unveil it. But this one has a little bit more, I think, uh, panache and intrigue and astonishment. You know, I'm very, very, very intrigued by what this could be. Anybody else? Think, who do you think will be <laughs> fighting? Who Who is the enemy? Is it is it a Ahamkara? Is it is it a dragon? Is it the darkness itself? Who Who is the Who's the enemy? Kind of makes you wonder if it's Deep Stone Crypt, and we're dealing with like Exo tech and evil exos well you know you wonder if does the vex have any kind of like i don't know like i I don't know what kind of mixture we're looking at there but Mm -hmm. it does sound like something it sounds like some kind of like something that's been underlying all this time like some kind of plan or something that had been laying dormant for a long time that and who's gonna who's the source of the corruption too yeah, yeah you know so it's like is Sabathun behind it? Is the darkness behind it? Like or maybe neither, you know. Or maybe, maybe it's Rasputin. Maybe it's somebody else completely. I mean, we're fighting that fallen Aramis in the story, right? Yeah. So, and she's obviously been corrupted by the darkness because she's holding one of those little like pyramids in her hand. Yeah. So, the, it could have something to do with that too. Could be Varix. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> Varix raised an army. <laughs> what? what kind of troll would that be? Varix like himself. <laughs> he and then pops finally, out. the final boss comes out, and it's no other than Varix. <laughs> Welcome to the Deepstone Crypt, Guardian. <laughs> Dismantle mine. Dismantle mine. You die. <laughs> I would love that. I would love the throwback. I would love that, like, you know, just. That would be just the best troll play. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it. It's got us talking about it, so it's it's super super intriguing. What what could be there? I'm gonna make a last prediction on this. I'm gonna say that the image we're seeing 
is the first encounter getting into the raid. There's always like this introductory mission that we have to do. I think this is it. And we're seeing these like pillars. These are Monolithic pillars that we're probably yeah. going to have to activate somehow. Yeah. One of them is lit up at the top. Everything else does not look like it's lit up. I think it's going to have something to do with the first encounter. And you're welcome. It's going to help you in that day one chase. I think Trevor is going to come. Trevor's going to come in God. there. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor's cousin will be there. And and also look at that pillar all the way at the back right side. It looks like a little stone circle. I'm wondering if that has anything to do with, with anything. Maybe not, but I am it's curious. It's like a lift of some sorts. Yeah, it looks like a lift with, with a little, I don't know, something. Maybe something that activates it, but... We'll, we'll see. We're going to learn more. These are just speculations. We have no idea what's coming. Yeah. In November. I'm intrigued. Like I said, I'm we intrigued. are intrigued. And on that note, Guardians, we have some good news for you. Last year, we missed out. This year, we did not. The collector's <laughs> edition is still available. Or purchase if you decide that you want the ultimate edition of Destiny 2 Beyond Light coming November 10th. And it's still available. Yep. It's still available. And Brian, which version of Destiny 2 Beyond Light will you be picking up this November? I don't know. I haven't um I always miss out on the collector's ones, so I didn't know that that was still available. It's, it's still available. Still available. Mm -hmm. It is. So we'll see, because that I think that one does the collector one is that the one that comes with the statue? Is that right? Am I right here? Uh it's, there is a there is one with the statue. I believe yeah. that's the strangers edition. Okay, okay. Um, okay. so if you want to buy the collector's edition without the game, you can, and it's a hundred and twenty-nine dollars if you buy it without the game and you just get the collector's items, and then you can also buy the statue with the game from the Bungie store directly, and that's also, I believe, $129. Uh, Amazon, for a really brief period, had the statue available by itself for $60, bucks. Um, but it sold out fairly quickly. I, I don't the think that... The statue is available uh, still on um, Bungie with Steam, with the... Beyond with light the Steam code. Okay. Yep. So you can get the if you if you have the cash, you can get the ultimate and get the statue and the collector's items and the whole nine yards. If you're crazy like myself, <laughs> but you know, hopefully you're more responsible with your money <laughs> and end up spending so much on destiny. Well, you got more time to decide until they sell out, obviously. Yeah. But it's still available. If That's you guys want to pick that up, the check with the wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she had, we have to get her one as well, like a, a version too, because she plays just as much as I do. <laughs> okay. Well, I know uh, Green Man Gaming had the deluxe edition on sale, and I did pick up a deluxe edition on there. Um. I think it was like $10 off, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. 
uh, and and that was the digital deluxe edition, of course. I'm not going to get the standard. Uh, I did also pick up the statue, and I did pick up the collector's edition without the game. So I kind of splurged. Again, not the best idea, but you know what? It's not a bad idea either because this November it's going to be Christmas. Christmas yeah, will literally right. come right. early, right. and we're not even talking about the raid jacket or the raid ring oh, or the shirt. I, I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about how much money I'm spending on Destiny this year. Don't judge me. I mean, that's going to be exciting. It, uh, we're going to be playing Destiny when you know snow will almost be flying in the air. Yep. <laughs> you know, new content in Destiny. Like, I mean, that's what I was be- saying. Tweeted yeah. out the day when I retweeted. I was like, I love November. I think it's going to be a great time. <laughs> be great. <laughs> yeah. Now, Shadow Price, lastly, before we move on to this week at Bungie, which version of Beyond Light are you settling on? Because you were a little iffy about it. You were going to contact Deej himself and be like, <laughs> I want to cancel my order. What's, what's, what's going through your mind right now? Where are you at? What are you doing right now? Oh, I'm definitely going to keep the Exo Stranger statue because that is just okay. so awesome. And I did get that pre-order on Amazon, thankfully. Awesome. Uh, it's really t- tough. You know, part of me wants to keep that collector's edition for Beyond Light with all the cool knickknacks, you know, the canteen and the Shard of Darkness and all that stuff. Uh, I still don't have my mind completely made up about that yet, but you know, I got more time. You got more time now. Out. So, and hey, you have two extra months to save up for it, so it probably wouldn't be that much. But yeah. you do want the raid jacket too, so you know you have to plan for that as well. <laughs> and yeah. I missed out on the raid jacket last year and the year before that because the year before that I had to GG. I just wasn't that good. The year after that, I was too slow to get my wallet out. And by the time I actually got to ordering it, the code expired. So rip the dream. But this year, man, we're going to make it happen. I'm going to get the raid jacket. I'm going to get the ring. As I said, it's going to be Christmas just (laughs) a lot earlier. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, that ring is awesome. Hey, Brian, did you did you complete your five raids to get your ring code? Nope. I've okay. only done uh, we only done Callus so far. I haven't finished any of the others yet. Uh, we attempted Crown, or, yeah, Crown of Sorrow. Uh, we had a final boss checkpoint, but it's some new people, and we didn't really get very far in that one. But I've I've done that one. I just hadn't done it since the. Uh, Do you play on PC, game. Brian? No, I have it on PC, but I don't play on it. Most of my friends are on uh, uh, PlayStation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. See, you're you're a loyal guy, not like us. We just kind of go with whatever looks better. Oh, trust <laughs> me. P- plays, uh, if, if I had to pick, I would pick PC, at least right now. Now, a new console comes out. Obviously, yeah. I'm fine with yeah. playing on console, but dude, the PC is it's a different game. It's not even. I mean, it's not even Destiny. It's like Destiny on crack. Okay, let me put it this way. If there's one thing that can put a man to tears, it's playing Destiny 2 for the first time 
on PC. I don't care what anybody says about that expansion or that that whole campaign. I think it was fucking incredible. Like going into that first encounter, that that first mission, the the graphics, the moving rain and drops and everything, it was incredible. And playing it for the very first time in 130 frames, it was just mind-blowing yeah, yeah. It, it might it, it might be almost time to play that again you know just to go <laughs> through that because yeah. it's going to be going away so i might uh, have to uh, set some time and time time aside to do that campaign again at least that beginning one the uh the red war because there is some really cool story stuff in there you know and good cut scenes with gall and you know the uh speaker remember him see the speaker yeah oh, the speaker. <laughs> that was um yeah when i put it on pc for the first time i was like dear god like how how am i supposed to go back from this i mean this just if it was me playing by myself i'd have never went back to playstation um just yeah. because it's just it's too good like it the game doesn't just change the look of the game like the weapons function completely different i mean it's not even fair the weapons they, that you can use on PC that you can't even function with on on console because of the recoil. Right. Yeah. It, they're so fluid. The handling is just so great. They're so snappy. You know, it just I love that that about it. Her too. So Guardians, I think uh we can move on to the next and final topic of the evening. And that is the Bungie weekly update or this week at Bungie, <laughs> depending on when you started playing the game, I guess, right? <laughs> this week at Bungie, we're going to be talking about a few things that we're going to recap that we already talked about. The season of Arrivals gets extended until November 10th. Destiny 2 Beyond Light gets delayed until November 10th. And Bungie is taking the time to do it right under the most challenging conditions. Rightfully so, we understand. Totally cool. We have a brand new schedule for Season of Arrivals that was updated by Bungie today. And it looks like Moments of Triumph will go on from July 7th until November 10th. So that is being extended. If you're looking to get your Moments of Triumph completed, good news, you have more time to get it done, to beat the raids, to, to get the new uh, raid ring, and so many great things that are going to be available now. The Prophecy Dungeon is available as well. It's available for all players, whether you paid for the new season or not, which is really cool. And there is a new mission that launched on June 9th called Interference, and there's a new weekly quest that refreshes that you can earn Pinnacle Gear for. Do you guys know what this mission is all about? Yeah, that's um, the entrance quest to Season of Arrivals. Uh, yeah. They, oh, they okay. start you on IO and you go to the cradle, I believe, and you see the tree with silver wings. 
uh, you talk to Eris. Um, yeah, and you kind of go in and out of there every week. You go into different instances of that. You go into the shadow place or where Sabathun, it's like Sabathun's court, I think they call it or something like that. Yeah, and you fight that shrieker over and over again every week. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so it's, it's cool. Like it's a- got really cool story like elements, though, to it. Now, how does it change week to week? Because it refreshes weekly. So how many different variations are there? Eris usually says something new every week when you've completed it. She's given you Is more. <laughs> Is uh, that well, that and, you know, there's like three variations of it, I think, at this point. You know, and it, they've okay. kind of like cycled through them. But there's more to come, actually. There's been more that's been uh, kind of data mined. And I don't want to spoil it for people, I guess, right now. Okay, uh, so but, more to come. Stay tuned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And the updated uh, roadmap has Solstice of Heroes going on from August 11th until September 8th. So it looks like Solstice of Heroes didn't really get extended. Is that a typo or? Um, I, I find that really interesting that they wouldn't extend Solstice of Heroes. They may. They may still do that. They, they might. They might. They might based yeah. on the player feedback if they haven't intended to already. Yeah. I mean, it it all depends on their delivery, though, right? Because yeah. Europe, the European Aerial Zone will be back. The EAZ. Remember that place from last year? Oh, we... yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Well, it's going to be back, and we're going to be running around in that again. And it's that back, was a... and it's better than ever. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it, too. Like, I thought that would be a cool, like, if they brought it back, like, at different times, like, for certain activities and things like that you know it'd create a new game mode like out of it because that's it's a pretty big area that they it, use it is it's got like a lot of levels and like i want to say a lot of levels but it, it feels like it has multiple areas yeah and elevations too yeah. like it, yeah rooftops and underground type ish area and then level ground and then yeah it's just platforming somewhat mm-hmm and and lastly, this year, the Festival of the Lost will be a part of Season of Arrivals. And that's going to be starting from November, or excuse me, from October 6th until November 3rd. Almost a whole month. New masks, new triumphs, and something called mummified rewards. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Is that going to be their their the umbral engrams for that season? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, like uh, that. Yeah, they're going to be wrapped like the engrams <laughs> are going to be wrapped like in in mummy uh, bandages. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool, right? <laughs> so that, is the, that is the roadmap <laughs> for the next three to four months before the next expansion. We can expect new PvE activities, a new dungeon, new triumphs and seals, new legendary weapons and armor, iron banner, and um, exotic quest, 
new artifact, 100 plus seasonal ranks, new story content, new exotic weapons, and umbral engrams for the taking. And I know I have so many umbral engrams that I don't know <laughs> what to do with them. <laughs> and yes, Seriously. I did fall asleep that one time when they had that exploit. <laughs> No wonder. You know what? But here's the thing. I still have these en engrams on my character. It's not like I benefited any from this. It literally just wasted my time because it's like more crap that I have to clear out of my postmaster. So way to go, Corn. You created more work for yourself. Brenda <laughs> did the same thing. So in the weekly update we know that Moments of Triumph has been extended until November 10th. I'm curious to see how they address Solstice of Heroes because it would make sense for them to extend that also, but we'll see. Um, ritual Activity Modifiers that will be included uh, are Increased Valor, Increased Infamy, Increased Redacted, whatever that means, and a few additional Iron Banner events between September and November. So it increased looks like glory. we're getting... I was going to say that. I was thinking it might be... Um, I mean, those are glory. the other... Yeah, Valor, Infamy, what's the other one? Got to be Glory, right? I mean... They just didn't want to say it, probably, but... Because you think all the people want to finish their season, like uh, their um, uh, either whether it be unbroken or finish their uh, getting their pinnacle weapons. Sorry, the old pinnacle weapons. Yeah, I mean, it'll if it's if there's increased glory, that'll make me want to play more. Probably <laughs> make a lot of people want to play more PvP for sure. Yeah, because we've never had increased glory before. Nope. You know, like it's always been the other two increased valor, increased infamy. Yeah. Yeah. And the show must go on. Festival of the Lost will now take place during Season of Arrivals beginning on October 6th. And all of these items will be included with the new season that we currently have right now. So, in a way, we're getting more value for our money, right? So that's good. Um, we're getting more Iron Banner. Hopefully, Iron Banner with new stuff, but I <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I think that's a bit too much to ask for, so we're yeah. just going to let that one go. <laughs> we're going to let that one slide. <laughs> and then we can talk about Grandmaster Nightfalls. Have you guys done any Grandmaster Nightfalls? Because I have not. Oop. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> Grandmaster, what? <laughs> uh, while the season will follow the same flow, completing all available Nightfalls on Grandmaster difficulty will earn the Conqueror title, and some adjustments were made to the activity to make the rewards feel a bit more fruitful. Hmm... I wonder why many people weren't playing these things. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be a little more fruitful somehow. 
more incentivized to play. Hopefully that'll get us in the activity, beating our heads against the wall. And um, we had some changes that took place during update 2.9.0 to Nightfall the Ordeal. You're getting increased masterwork materials drop for Grandmaster Nightfall difficulty. Okay, that's good. Although I don't know how many masterwork materials I really need, but you know, that's not bad. Grandmaster completions at platinum gold and silver levels now have a higher chance of dropping an exotic armor item. Why not just make it always drop an exotic? I mean, you know, I, I guess you eliminate the random factor of it, but if you're going to bust your ass playing a Grandmaster Nightfall, you know, might as well get something exotic, right? I mean, it's, yeah. at, it's probably like the hardest activity in the game. So, yeah, it should be a guaranteed exotic, in my opinion. The way I feel, too. It's like when we played uh, the old Nightfalls back in D1. You knew when you played it, completed a Nightfall, because a lot of them back then were actually fairly hard. And oh, yeah. um, if, when you completed it, you had a high chance of getting an exotic, which is like one of the only ways to get one back then. But um, that, was, that was very incentivizing to do that, because you know needed the exotic for one but two like you're you're gonna put the work in because you, you got something out of it you knew you're gonna get something good now stop the presses because if you complete the grandmaster nightfall at the platinum level it will now guarantee one ascendant shard <laughs> with a small chance of getting one additional ascendant shards and wait there's more and you get four enhancement prisms with a moderate chance of getting one or two more. Couldn't you get ascended shards in D1 just from dismantling the queen's gear? <laughs> there was, yeah, yeah there I was a moment. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was fun. That was another grind we used <laughs> yeah. to do. We used uh, to go grind dude, and do those bounties, dude. get that piece of gear, and dismantle it. For the the, the, the Queen's Wrath event that happened at the beginning of Destiny. Yes. I got that it's ship. The event. The oh, ship. Yeah, I got the infinity. ship. And yeah. I just kept it, dude. And then when it came, when it never came back, I was like, oh my God, I got the rare ship in the game. <laughs> You could never get it. That's true. And then you could get it again when they, um, what was it, in Rise of Iron, when you did the bounties. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Oh, it looks like we got raided by uh, Love, Love Rachel. Rachel. Thanks Ooh, for the raid, I love guys. That emote. Look at that emote. Saint emote. It's really cool. Oh, Love oh, Rachel. Thank cool. you so much for the raid. Shout outs. Thank That's you so awesome. very much. Thank you so much. You're awesome. We appreciate you. And we were just talking about the Bungie Weekly Update, or This Week at Bungie. And we're going through the Grandmaster Nightfalls and all of the amazing improvements that are being made to the activity to make it more rewarding for all of us to jump in and grind out and play something really challenging. And we do also know that at the Grandmaster completion level at gold, you're, you're now guaranteed two enhancement prisms with a moderate chance of getting two additional. 
if you complete the Grandmaster Nightfall at the Silver Tier, you have a small chance of getting two Enhancement Prisms. Just small, small chance, not too much of a chance. <laughs> and if you're on the hunt for that perfectly rolled exotic armor piece, or if you're trying to fully masterwork as many armor pieces as possible, then you are SOL. No, just kidding. <laughs> then it's almost time for your skills to be put to the test. Slay the darkness, claim your loot. Grandmaster difficulty will become available this coming Tuesday, July, well, no, yeah, no, July 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So get ready. <laughs> we're about to go back in and we're about to do something really difficult. And how many, I'm, I'm curious, how many people from our live audience have done the Grand Master Nightfalls? Because I have not. I wouldn't dare. I used to be a lot more <laughs> daring back in the I, day in Destiny 1. We would do the hardest things. Now it's like, eh, no, it's too much effort. Make it more yeah. rewarding. <laughs> exactly. Not just like masterwork materials. Give us some cool stuff, man. Like if you're going to do this Grandmaster difficulty, the hardest thing to do in the game, you got to give some awesome new stuff. You know, I mean, I feel like that would fix it, right? Like, I think if they brought back some legit awesome strike specific rewards, yeah, would be that would be like enough for me to want to do them. Exactly. As long as it would look good, or as long as it's great armor, maybe with uh armor some piece, cool ornaments, extra, maybe yeah. some really yeah. cool. Or you know yeah. what? Like maybe like a an armor piece that had an extra power level area, so you could have more things socketed on it or slotted on it. That would yeah. be really cool. That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah, that, like, just new, really cool ornaments to put on them, too. Yeah. And you just grind them, you know, it, or, to get those drops. You know, you just can keep doing them. Yeah. Uh, at a chance at the drops. And then, obviously, something guaranteed, you know. Uh, but if you kept doing it, a higher chance at some of the r really cool stuff. They had that in um, D1 with the strike-specific loot that uh, you the more you did them, the higher chance. Oh, no, wait. It was something something that you... It was either consumable or something that you could use that would give you a higher chance at different things, but also strike-specific loot or something. Yeah, there was I, a boon. There was yeah, some sort of boon. I remember using it because I used it for the um, Alakul hymn, the, you know, yeah. the... Yeah, and then they had the skeleton keys too. For that's the, right, the that's chest. right. Yeah, the skeleton yeah. keys. That's what it was. Yeah. I liked that system. Yeah, I did I, too. I, yeah, it gave you incentive to keep playing the strikes. Yep. You know, to to get them those drops. You know. Yeah, I I think that uh, you know that's the one thing that's really missing from the game, and that's really meaningful strike specific loot that would incentivize us to continue to play the strikes. Although I will say Bungie has made some efforts to make strikes a little bit more um, rewarding by adding catalysts to them, which I think that's a step. But I think having dedicated weapons and armor from that strike, maybe even adding perks that are very unique 
only to that strike. Yeah. So that means when you play that strike, you get weapons that give you really cool perks that you can only use during the strike. So now you can really customize your loadout for things like Grandmaster Nightfalls each week because now you have custom mods that are only suitable for that Nightfall that week. So I think it just gives you more options to build your Guardian and to make the game an experience that you want to play, no matter how you want to play, whether you want to play endgame content in Trials, whether you want to play Raids, whether you, you want to play Nightfalls, you have those avenues to pursue those pinnacle drops. Mm -hmm. Now, the next thing that I want to quickly talk about is farming with dogs. And this <laughs> past week, Bungie brought us a new way to play the game. And the one thing we know about Guardians in Destiny, we always find new ways to get things done quicker, faster, better. And this week is no different. And we had a chance to go into the Leviathan raid and farm our brains out during the dog's encounter. And I'm, I'm curious, did you guys take part in this farming festivity? What exactly do you mean? Oh, so you don't know. Okay, well, let me bring you up to speed. So if you played the Leviathan raid this week, there was a way for you to farm the dog encounter to continue to get drops and continue to farm the activity to get better drops, to get high stat weapons and armor, and to get some raid exotics that you may not have already gotten. Uh, I did not know that. No, we did it. Uh, we did Callus, but we didn't. We did, we did the dog encounter, but we didn't. I didn't know you could farm it. <laughs> yeah, there there's a way to farm it, and uh, there's a there's a right way to farm it, and there's a wrong way to farm it though. Yes. <laughs> and apparently, we got on the wrong side of that we, one. We we got in with a couple of groups where let's just say that we will live to forget. <laughs> we don't want to remember those times, but you know it was all for the greater good of <laughs> getting better loot. But um, it was okay. It was fun. So we did it. We we tried farming it. And the keyword is tried. Um, and yeah, it was interesting. I did get the contender shell. Apparently there's an issue with it. The shell not having the perk active. Yeah, because um, it's grant and because people are farming that thing and they just get in all these different like things loots and bright engrams and they're dismantling it for materials and glimmer and all this stuff so you can get tons of that stuff so bungie is basically disabling that perk until okay. august when they have a better okay system in place for it i guess okay so essentially they're they're they don't want the game to be too rewarding <laughs> i see <laughs> However, the Seeker of Brilliance perk um, has been disabled. And as Shadow Price mentioned, a hot fix will be in place early August that will fix the perk issue. On a positive note, the Seeker of Opulence perk is active. Bungie is remaining generous with that perk. 
So you can continue to use the perk as you embark on your Leviathan farming experience. And that was the Bungie Weekly update for this week. We did have a few movies of the week, but uh, the major delay announcement was kind of the focal point of this update. And we do have a tradition on the show before we wrap things up. And we rate the weekly update, or this week at Bungie, in the form of spicy tuna rolls between 1 and 5. One being really bad spicy tuna, and five being you would probably pay top dollar for that. So, to kick things off, Brian, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls? In good fairness, I'm going to give it a four. I think it was... uh... I think it was a much needed uh, decision with everything involved and the update, uh, you know, stemming off of the update and everything or stemming off of that, the update, you know, it, it was, it paired well, you know? Um, So wasn't the, wasn't the best thing to hear, but it definitely is uh, a good decision. And I think that they're, uh, um, I think they're going to do well. So. That's a good update. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie weekly update? Well, I'm not going to be as generous as Brian <laughs> is, Ooh, for, you know, okay. for this. But I mean, there are some. You're, he's right. This was a needed thing, and they were transparent, and they got out in front of it, and they told us about it. So there's something to be said about that. And, you know, we got a updated roadmap and some more informational things in here. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three because I thought there was some good stuff in there, but nothing was earth shattering, shattering to me. So right, little, right in the middle, three. Hey, and wow. Hmm. Where do I stand on this? I don't know. It's tough because I don't think there was anything really significant or anything that would give me assurance that, hey, this season is going to give us plenty enough to do. They didn't quite give us that. They said, okay, Festival of the Lost will be now part of Season of Arrivals. Although Moments of Triumph was extended, so that's good. But Solstice of Heroes was not, not good. So I think I'm going to go with 3.5 spicy tuna rolls for that. <laughs> I love the transparency. I think the it takes a lot of courage to delay a game when you know things are not going as well as they need to. And the fact that they're making the decision to delay it, I think that's great. Um but, you know, if they maybe showed us a few things that we're going to be chasing this season, maybe a few extra things that we'll be chasing this season, you know, that would be really cool. But maybe that might be a bit much to ask for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's my rant. Here. 3.5 for Cornholio. And oh, my goodness, we had such a great episode tonight. And Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the Destiny Show podcast 
Before we let you go, I do want to let the audience know where can we learn more about you and your content? So you can find me on all socials uh, as Mr. Monkus, except for Instagram, where Brian Monkus, and that's where I post anything new, Destiny related or non Destiny related, uh, art, artwork wise. Sometimes you'll have. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll get a lot of personal ramblings from my wife and me, <laughs> mostly. And uh, as far as uh, prints of my artwork, if you're interested in purchasing any Destiny prints or other things that I've made, you can go to brianmonkusart.com where you can purchase uh, prints of my work. And those prints are made by me and shipped out by me or my wife. Um so they come directly from me so I can sign them if needed. So there's a little bit of a personal touch there, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's generally it. Very cool. And we'll definitely make sure to check out your awesome art and to go and support you. And we're going to include the links in our show notes. So our listeners can find your art and support you. Awesome. Thank you. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Awesome. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting networks. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. As a reminder, we are part of the Robots Radio Network, part of amazing shows like the Fallout Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, and the Cyberpunk Show. You can also check us out on your favorite social network, including Twitter at The Destiny Show and on Instagram at Destiny Show POD. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com and you can find me at omg cornholio on twitter for all my gaming rants and destiny news so guardians thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the destiny show podcast and we'll see you all next week take care guardians bye-bye bye to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? 
Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.